Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 30. This can be found on page 979 of your pew Bibles. Before we hear the word, let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Sunday. And as we hear your word proclaimed, let us open our ears so we can hear, open our minds so we'll clear our minds so we can understand, and Lord, let the wisdom of the word sink into our hearts. These things I pray through Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleaned her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. The word of God for the people of God. I was um, reflecting on how much more fun children's church is after your children are too old to be in children's church. (laughs) When I sat up here, I had a better view of anxious faces. Um, We turn now to Paul's instructions to husbands. We looked last week at his instructions to wives. And uh, as we do so, I just want to kind of comment that um, th- this doesn't mean anyone who's uh, not a husband is time for to check out, you know, to to, um, to to not listen. One of the things we see, and this struck me, is that Paul is writing directly to different people in the congregation, uh, but that doesn't mean um, that we don't all listen. It's it's done so in the way for everyone. You know, we're in a kind of in a, a, a culture that almost has the attitude, if you don't share my experience, you can't speak to me. Um, that if, you know, if, if, if you haven't gone through the things I've gone through, you have no right to say anything. And so, um, you know, men, women can kind of say that, but that is not a biblical view. Paul addresses husbands in the presence of many different um, uh, life situations because in the church, things are different. In the church, we recognize uh, we are to be encouraging and uh, helping one another uh, pursue holiness, and we understand that different views and different perspectives give us wisdom. We're all submitting under Scripture, but, um, for example, Paul has plenty of instructions for pastors. Well, that doesn't mean anyone else just skips over those parts, because 
Uh, as a part of a community, uh, even if you don't have that role, you have an obligation to, to help one another. And so even as we uh, come to this, though addressed to husbands, it's in the presence of everyone. The second kind of preliminary before we get into this, um, I, I was thinking also of how focused Paul is on what we would think of very mundane things. Now, in other words, when I listen to Christian um, um, podcasts, or I, I read blogs by Christians, or I see the latest books that are coming out and getting discussed, so much of that seems to be big social trends, culture issues, political issues, and that really can be what draws our attention. Seems to be kind of what catches us is um, how do we live out Christian life as we're in a post-Christian society, and what are the, the big trends we need to think of? And we need people thinking about that and helping us. But at the same time, if you read the Scripture, just the fact that this is here, and Paul's concern is the very ordinary life of husband and wife and co-worker and employer and supervisor and children and parent, there's a sense in which we never need to lose sight that the way God is going about building a church, redeeming things, and establishing his kingdom, when we see most of where Scripture is focused, he's not given instructions of how to take this province back for God. Uh, he's focusing on how to live out the Christian life in the relationships you have and that you can actually have an impact on. So... Husbands, love your wives. Uh, this should be a greater focus than um, some of the, the bigger things that might get our attention that we think that, you know, what would change the world is if, you know, the, the, the political issue or this kind of culture thing, what changes the world is husbands, love your wives and the other things Paul mentions. So we, we, we want to look at, oh, good, I've got my notes. I'd be a crazy one if I didn't, so... <laughs> Um, he start, let me start with the, the perspective he gives us is, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And all of this is under that we are members of his body. And so the, the overwhelming metaphor is uh, marriage, and marriage understood as a one flesh union. We didn't read it, but verse 31, quoting um, Genesis, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And, and that's the understanding, the biblical understanding of marriage that we, we need to hear as we get into this is not so much kind of two people working out some way of living together. Um, it's not kind of two people coming and having a contract of these are my terms and this is the way things are going to be. Um, we're, but we're still going to kind of maintain something different, and we're going to try to be partners. Side rant, we're not partners. We're husbands and wives. We have different roles, and we're not like in some kind of economic cooperative. We're husbands and wives. We're, we, we, so it's not just some kind of partnership. It's a union where the two become one. That, that's why difficulty can be some painful is because there is a real union there. And the, the intent God gave us was this union to reflect God's love for the church, uh, Christ's love for the church. 
And, and, and so he works out from this, this idea that um, Christ cares for the church as someone cares for their body because the church is the body as husband and wife are one flesh. They're, they're supposed to be seen as a union. So I could say, you know, I want to be really vulnerable today. I want to um, show you all my feminine side. But she's in Florida. Thank you. That's, that's the idea, that she is so much a part of me that Robin is to be my feminine side. And I'm so part of her that, that we should grow more and more alike and that we have differences that we bring in, but it is a union. And that is the way it is with Christ and his church. So much that he gave himself up for her. Christ gave his life to make us his own. And the biblical imagery is that we are the bride of Christ, that we are part. And so when he says that we are his body and the bride, there, there's a similarity there. There's a, a union that is reflected in both of those metaphors. And so as we love our wives, husbands, the model we have is as Christ loves the church. And the way Christ loved the church was laying down his life for her. Husbands, we are called to lay down our lives for our wives. And we hear that, and maybe we think of kind of Secret Service diving to take a bullet. And I'm thinking, well, you know, certain places in Memphis, that might be a reality that we have to face. But most of the time, that, that doesn't what it look like. What it looks like is day by day in the little things. I heard a preacher once who talked about giving up his life, um, always hearing that, as kind of this, um, the, the stories of martyrdom, the, the stories of, mis- you know, those who've been taken and stood up and said, I'll pay the ultimate sacrifice. And he said that, you know, we have those in history, but for most of us, when we're called to lay down our life, instead of writing one big check, we're asked to write thousands of little checks every day. That's how we lay down our life, not in one dramatic sacrifice, but a daily giving up of our desires, our needs, our wants, our um, preferences for the well-being of your wife. That is what Christ did. That is what we do daily. Um, And so we have this this imagery of body. Uh, Who Um, neglects his own body, who would hurt his own body, who would not nourish his own body. And it it, it should be almost a comical scene, as though when you walk that you forget you have an arm that you're going to pull into the car and not slam the door on, or that you you walk around, you just kind of ignore your leg, or that, that you wouldn't feed your body, that obviously, I mean, we just do it so instinctively, we couldn't think of a way that we would harm um you know, our, ourselves, if we're, if we're caring for ourselves. And so this is the, the scene he gets, and I want to look at nourishing, cherishing, and sanctifying. So um, Christ nourishes his body, the church. Um, that he, just as a body is nourished by food, we also um, see that Christ nourishes us. And as I stand before this table... Uh, the metaphor should be even stronger for us 
But the way Christ nourishes us is by giving up his very self. He gives us his body and blood. His very life is what nourishes. So, um, husbands, are you nourishing your wife? I think one, you know, we see uh, we want to provide, we want to care, but emotionally, um, spiritually, are you nourishing? Are you building up? Are you encouraging? Are you looking at ways to say, I appreciate this about you? Are you looking for ways to, to say, let me, let me share the gospel um, in, into your life? Um, do we cherish? Husbands, do you, do you cherish? In other words, do you value? Do you, do you express that value? Do you show that value? And, and part of that, I think, is that kind of protection and that, that safety and security. Are you keeping things in your home in a way that is providing a healthy um, um, environment where you're, you're leaving certain things out of your home, uh, that you're making sure certain things don't invade in your, your home, that there is a sense of peace and a sense of well-being that is nourishing and is cherishing and is protecting uh, your family, your wife. That, we, that he does these things for us, of protecting us and caring for us and providing. And I think there's easy ways we can think about that materially, but maybe we forget sometimes, men, when we think about how we do that emotionally, how we do that spiritually, how we do that with expressing value. Um, this is so much easier with Robin being in Florida, kind of giving me, well, because... I just think of the things when I fail when I see her. If you'll shout out any Facebook comments that come in from Florida, I'd appreciate it. Here is the goal. The goal in nourishing and cherishing is that we might be presented to him um, without spot or wrinkle, holy and without blame, without blemish, that he has sanctified us that he is through our baptism and the gospel, through the washing of the water and the word, God in Christ sets us apart to himself and makes us holy. He sanctifies us. He, he purifies us so that we're glorious. I mean, is it not amazing that God is making us of all people glorious? that he delights in and he brings us, and, and that, that is his goal, is that he's working in us to make us beautiful in his sight. Um, it's an illustration I was wanting to hold off until next week, but it's so good. I will just share it, and I'll probably share it again next week. After doing weddings for a few years, I realized the, the great joy when the bride comes in is not turning and looking at the bride but it's looking at the groom because the delight and the joy as he sees his bride pure and spotless and without wrinkle and, bland, and, and glory coming is the picture of Jesus looking at you. It's the joy and delight that Christ takes in you as he is sanctifying you and making you his own, presenting you to himself. And that is, that is what we see here. And so, husbands, your goal in marriage is not self-gratification. 
it's not to do away with loneliness. It's, it's not just to kind of, it's to make your wife holy. It's to sanctify her as you sanctify yourself by becoming more like Christ as you serve and as you give up your life. So let me look at some ways this is practically done as you sanctify. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That means, one, set the example of service, of humility, of love, the way Christ loves us and serves us and humbled himself to serve us. That means, husbands, we need to be quick to apologize and ask for forgiveness. It means we need to be quick to looking out for others' needs rather than our own and making sure that we're serving others, that we're being aware of ways we can serve. So we set an example of the way Christ serves. And to, to harken back to last, isn't that something easier to submit to? But also, husbands, if the role is to um, sanctify, and this kind of goes for the whole family, are you leading your family in worship? Are you gathering the family, you're gathering your wife to pray with her and for her? Are you um, leading in, in worship in a way that um, makes that part of the home, that you are leading your family and leading your home and leading your wife before the throne of the one who is at work to sanctify us and to make us holy? Are you staying in the Word enough that you are learning what it means to follow Christ? Are you knowing Christ enough through learning Scripture? In other words, that you're not just saying, I'm going to let her do that, um, but you take the lead in making sure that you know the truth and you know what's biblical so that um, you're, you're able to nourish with the Word of God. You're able to understand how Jesus is so that you can follow Jesus, that you know Him well enough that you can follow His model, that you um, know things well enough that you can protect your family spiritually. I, I, I think of one of the things of, you know, husbands, you have an obligation to know enough of the Word and to understand the Scripture enough so that if you start hearing garbage come out of this pulpit, you're protecting your family from it. That if, if other things are coming into your household that just doesn't, that you've got some sense of this doesn't line up with what I understand, that you can protect your family spiritually. A lot of times we kind of say that's a difficult thing to, to know the Word, to, to study the Word, to, to learn theology. That just seems, it takes some effort. That's all it is. It's not beyond you. It's just putting forth the effort to make sure I'm going to pray, that I'm going to say, I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing at this moment and gather the family for prayer, that I'm going to catch myself and think what's going on in the rest of my life. Are you willing to put forth the effort to do these things? And final way we see Christ loved the church is he did so unconditionally. There can be the temptation between husbands and wives to say, well, I'm not going to try as hard because she's not trying as hard. Uh, she doesn't do as much. I'm going to back off a little bit. And if we're loving Christ the way, if we're loving our wives the way Christ loves the church, 
He didn't say, when you get your act together, I will give up my life for you. He didn't say, you meet me halfway, or you meet me a quarter of the way, and I'll, I'll do the rest. When we were sinners, when we were in rebellion, when there is nothing we offered to the relationship, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So it ought to be we give ourselves 100%, not when someone meets our expectations, but out of our love for her. Would you please stand and let us state what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed.